This episode of Never Work Alone is brought to you by Collide, a new and better way to create deeper connections with others using shared ideas and complementary skills. Using Collide, you can connect with people who have the skills you need to make your ideas happen. For early access, sign up at www.collideapp.com. That's C-O-L-L-I-D-E-A-P-P.com. Hi, welcome back to Never Work Alone with Evan Miller and Chris Denise. We have a very special guest with us today, Erica Svensson. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> They're all very special. Erica is sort of a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to filmmaking. <coughs> she jumps in in whatever role I think uh, she, she feels like she can. She can kind of shoot, direct, write, edit. I wanted to start us off with a little anecdote. I uh, had a networking meeting recently. Um, I do this uh, weekly networking event through the Chamber of Commerce here. Um, it's uh, called a business referral network. A bunch of small local businesses get together and provide uh, that kind of a, a weekly social networking um, club. Yeah. And I was uh, describing our new studio, and I'd had our, uh, our our cell sheet out and was kind of going over some stuff. And one of them caught me by surprise. And, oh, do you know so-and-so? And it caught me by surprise because I had literally, like the night before, just had a whole discussion with somebody about... Uh, this person, and it was a person who I kind of looked down on a little bit, um, it, for professionally. Um, from from a, you know, we had met him on uh, at some other events, and uh, you know had been one of those me and a, he'd kind of been frustrating to me and another couple guys, and so we just kind of had this little venting session about it. Yes, yeah, so you had worked with him, and you so, didn't really well, like. Yeah, what so his so unfortunately, and uh, when this person sprung that name on me, instead of catching myself, I instantly went into bitching, venting mode again, <laughs> and for about 30 seconds, just totally, totally steamrolled myself, you know, just just destroyed whatever momentum I had built with the group. I had everyone hanging on on, a, on the edge. They loved this new idea I was presenting, and it was really fantastic, and all of a sudden, I was just the asshole talking about, talking, talking crap on mm. some guy in my industry who they didn't know anything about, and who had been offered just as a, as a side, as a side note. My point with all of this is, it's... It's important to know when and where it's okay to do these things. Of course, I realized 30 seconds in, I finally managed to get my brain to stop myself. <laughs> and that was difficult. You're probably reading the faces of the people around you a little bit there. Yeah, a little bit. And it was a little bit of just, why can't I stop talking? Chris, <laughs> shut up. No, what do you... No, 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 no. Uh, and sometimes you get in those situations and, and, and they're unfortunate. But... Um, it's important to know that it's okay to vent about stuff like that. You're going to be on set with people you don't like. You're, you're definitely going to have uh, experiences where you need, at the end of a frustrating day, to go grab a beer with a couple of guys and talk talk crap about somebody. That, that's, that's occasionally going to happen. Um, this is, it's very In fact, str- that's, you know, maybe good sometimes. You know, yeah. it builds camaraderie, you know, to have sort of a similar agreement about... <laughs> A boss or a producer or whoever. Okay, it, it makes you feel like you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, when it's a stressful set and it and you've got somebody afterwards to go talk to about these things and let some of that steam off, it makes you feel not so alone. It makes you feel like, okay, okay, we're all frustrated. Okay, it's not just me. All right. You know, and, and, and you need that. But you also... Uh, you got to realize you, the room you're talking to, Yeah, right? you got to realize These are the people room. that don't know the person. Exactly. This, these are all comrades in there, and we've been friendly, and we've been hanging out, and these aren't these aren't clients or anything like that, but they still weren't the right people to have this conversation sure. with. <laughs> and that was that was, a, that was a big learning lesson, unfortunately. Erica, I was going to say, have you ever been caught talking smack to, about something like that, or...? Uh, I don't... I think usually... 
I'll be p- pulled off to the side or I'll pull someone to the side and I'll be like, is it just me or is this person like on everyone's <laughs> nerves today? And I try to be the happy, fun one on set, you know, so people uh, I've been able to like put out fires. I feel like on set a lot of times when someone's upset the certain department because they're too slow or maybe someone's upset at a certain person. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you do your job and you know that you've done it right, then, like, everything will be okay. It's not. So Erica is describing that she's clearly moving in the direction of AD and producer. I was going <laughs> to ask what role you were playing when you were doing that because it sounds like a very AD yeah, I, uh, that particular set, I was production manager. Okay. So it was very much like I had to set out fires. Yeah. Um, it was uh, very difficult, uh, but it was also like, okay, you got you to gotta think on your feet and you got to be fast to react to certain situations. So How do you like to handle those situations where you got to sort of tell somebody that they're, you know, rubbing people the wrong way? Um, you know, I feel like I have yet to really, like, confront someone really about it to be like hey like you are really making things difficult for everyone else in that particular way I've probably worded it like hey man maybe you should just like cool off or I'll ask them do you need help Okay. like is there something someone can do to help you in this situation I feel like I've yet to really push myself to be like dude what, what are you doing like get your shit together no, I think like, that's <laughs> smart yeah you don't want to put somebody on the spot like that and if, it's difficult it, usually it probably comes from stress or it comes from them feeling overwhelmed mm-hmm. and if you can sort of say hey can I help you out way more proactive positive mm-hmm. way than being like dude you need to yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah. I I really dislike it when people ask me like that. Like, why aren't you doing this faster? I'm like, did you not realize like everything that I've just been doing? Like, I just like helped Rochambeau over there, and then I helped Todd <laughs> over there, and then you're telling me I'm not doing my job. Like, I'm sorry, I can't spend all 24 hours with you, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you need a babysitter. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, so you I, have experienced that. Yeah, I have definitely experienced being on set with frustrating people. And I definitely try to not be that person. Like, I don't think there's any need to be a diva on set because um, it just makes it the experience, like, not fun for anyone. And I yeah. think the only reason – a lot of sets that I'm on, um, some of them usually are, like, pro bono, right? People are there for free. It's, like, passion projects. Um, and then, like, commercial work, then people are usually are really chill on commercials. But um, for, like, when it's a passion project, some people, they get really upset easily because they're not passionate. being paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they're passionate because they're, you know, they're either they're not getting paid. They're feeling like, oh, man, like, I can't believe I'm here still doing this. But it's also like something that they I can I know that they want to have on their reel or experience that they want to, like, get at. So, yeah, I don't know, it's just. Uh, well, I mean, part of the, the reason why we call this show Never Work Alone is because we're trying to harken back to how important your network is. And I think, you know, it's important to try to be a part of that bigger network if you especially if you're on set i mean it's a very collaborative thing it's like you don't want to be the one person that everybody's pissed off about even if you think you're doing the greatest job in the world then you're like oh they're they're going to hate me anyway or whatever you know yeah. it's like you think about the long term like you may get what you want on this job but you might not be hired again right yeah. it's so I see it as like, you know, if you can push through there, if you can you know, lower yourself, you know, and sort of be on the same level with the rest of your crew, that goes a long way. I think especially when you're a senior level person, if you can sort of level yourself down and be like, hey, I'm not going to get an ego about this. I'm going to be where you all because you're all working hard or, or whatever. Yeah. You want to be appreciative of the people around you. And I think that 
um, one of the things is sometimes people feel like, oh, yeah, I'm the best and greatest at this. But on the other hand, other people are thinking, well, now I'm working with this guy who's a just complete jerk and I don't want to work with him again. Like, he may be the best at operating this camera, but, like, the fact that you make it difficult to work with and that you made someone cry or whatever, <laughs> like, it's not worth it for those people. Um, I was, like, reading some... Uh, as public speaker guy was saying to get rid of toxicity in the workspace, even if the guy is like the best at what he does, but if he makes everyone feel like crap, like you, you can get rid of him yeah. because everyone eventually will get to his level if they're all working at the same like positive mentality. But if you have this one guy that's like, I know everything, then he's just dogging down on everyone. Then it's yeah, not a good I've, workspace. I've probably been guilty of that. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> I feel like there's a balance that you have to make there. Exactly. As a producer, there are a lot of times that I have maybe not that. You know, we all like the obvious evil and the obvious villain. And it's really great when you can be like, yes, that guy, we're going to kick him off set because he's terrible. But generally yeah. what you have is kind of annoying guy, kind of annoying guy, yeah. kind of annoying woman, what, you know, and you have to deal with the fact that they're all annoying in their own special way. Yeah. We all annoy each other and everyone else on set, but you can't really fire them because they're really just kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that we deal with all the time. And maybe not even annoying, it's just when put together in the same room, these two are, you know, it's like a cat and a dog, and you're like, but I have to have a cat and a dog here. I can't have just one or the other. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of mitigating that sort of that sort of uh, aggravation a lot of times. Yeah, and there's definitely camaraderie when it comes down to, you know, when you find somebody else that agrees with you that's like, oh, here is this person, you know, like acting a little strange today or whatever? I mean, you could make some great friends that way of having this shared bond of like, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I feel the same way. It's such a relief, I think, to find somebody else that is seeing somebody else fly off the handle, you know? Yeah. (laughs) As tempting as it is probably to be like, keep your mouth shut sometimes you do kind of want to wink at somebody and be like yeah this is well because there's also that there's also a level of trust that has to go on with you and the rest of your crew and as much as this sounds almost a little petty uh you don't want to be the 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 straight man that everyone is unsure of necessarily that Mm -hmm. well that guy never talks crap about so and so or the you know the big director that hires everybody that nobody really likes that much that <clears throat> but you never you know and ev- <clears throat> excuse me and everyone else has a problem with them and everyone goes out for beers afterwards and oh the stories of today's yelling and this and oh did you see that thing and that guy never participates eh, he's not gonna be part of the group necessarily yeah. and again we're not saying you need to sit around and and just judge people and be mean but there's a level of social I don't know venting yeah. that that is appropriate. Yeah, and at the same time, if you're the sort of person that feels uncomfortable doing that sort of stuff, you know, be you, right? Be, let that happen because there are definitely those people. I know those people. They would never say a bad word about anybody. And even though sometimes you're pushing them, like, isn't this isn't this yeah. bothering you? And they're like, you know, they shrug your shoulders and you're kind of like, oh, come on. I just want you to agree with me. But then after you get to know somebody like that, you really trust that person, right? You're like, well, I know that this person's not going to say anything bad about me behind my back because they don't say anything bad about anybody <laughs> yeah. behind their back. Well, that, and that's, it's funny you mentioned that because that is exactly what the one person that made any comment to me about that day said was, you know, I just it's not it's not that. It's just how do I know that you're not saying stuff like that about me if you don't like me but you know, when, when you're talking to somebody else? I mean, that's exactly, you're exactly right. Yeah, it's definitely, like, one of the things think, like, oh, when you talk about someone bad on set, like, oh, wait, 
maybe I have. I know I've done things <laughs> that could make someone talk bad about me. Like I know I've slipped up. I know that like you lose a walkie or something. Like then people. <laughs> when have I been the stooge? <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's one of those things where you have to realize. That's one of those one of those things. Actually, was going to ask my more closer friends, being like, "What can I improve on um, as a like person on set that will make it so that people don't think that way of me?" Because like I know there are some people that I've been told to steer clear of. There are people that I tell people like, "Hey, man!" Like I don't exactly tell them like, "Don't work with this guy." Um, there's maybe like two people where I'm like, "No, just don't work with them because they're going to be the most." It's going to be challenging and, like, you're probably... He's going to say you're going to get paid, but you're not going to get paid. And that's, like, the worst situation. Yeah. And it's, like, they overpromise, and it's just one of the more disappointing people to work with. Yeah. It's, like, you... I I like to believe that everybody's good, right? That, like, everyone yeah. you're going to meet on set is going to be awesome. And now you're going to, like, be this big family. And then, like, afterwards, you're, like, why? What's... <laughs> what happened? What, it was all cool. <laughs> you didn't follow through. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, was like... You and I have both been on, maybe at different times, on sets with uh, a, a group that we know of as, as, you know, they're very, very long. They push people too long and too oh, hard yeah. every single time, and they always do it. It's what they're... It's, it's the negative that they're known for. I mean, they're great people. We... I, I really enjoyed their work. Um, I, I, you know... But that's the thing that they're bad at, and that's what people talk crap about afterwards. Yeah. No, it was one of the notes. I know exactly what you talked about. <laughs> and I was just like, one of the notes that I took from working on set with these people was all like, I don't want to make my people wait this long on set. You shouldn't be having 18-hour days. You shouldn't be... Planning. Yeah. You should definitely... It's like, if it's going to take this long, do two days. Or, like, don't have, like... Two of the most complicated things to have on set. Like, I've been told by, a, like, a screenwriting teacher. He's like, don't work with kids and don't work with animals. Because <laughs> I it's made just you gonna do make... one. <laughs> and then they did both <laughs> on that set I was on. And I was like, this is going to be great. <laughs> oh, and it was, a, it was a very long day. I had an 18-hour day. And I was just there as an extra. It wasn't even me working. I was just, uh, that was, my like, one of my first experiences being an extra. And I was just so heartbroken because it was like, I was there for, like, the longest time and I like it, just left set because I was so frustrated I was like you know what these people are making me stay much longer than they I was supposed to be here for five hours why am I here for like 14 oh my god and then I, I was gonna say at least they have some craft services for that you. was one thing that was bad too is we didn't get food oh. for like a long time and then it was just a, not a great experience but it's something I bring we're probably getting too deep every filmmaker listening to this is going yep uh uh-huh been there done that yep to to, to bring it back to freelancing Erica I just (laughs) want to ask you about you know how you got into freelancing if you can take us back to Mm. that that first sort of decision and when you thought you might take a job for yourself um I guess with freelancing where I started was my father um had asked this guy at his work. Um, he noticed he's like the photography video guy that they had working at the office. And he had asked him, oh, hey, like my, my daughter is currently studying film in school. And um, I wanted to know if like maybe you need an assistant sometime or like uh, someone to come help you out. And he's like, oh, you know, I've been working by myself for a while now. I could use some help. And then I did an interview with him, <laughs> which I got into his car. <laughs> like, Trusting that my dad knows this guy from work. It's like, oh, oh he's so like. Hold up. He, he pulls up and is like, get in my car. We'll do an interview here. Um, so I'm messaging him. And I'm supposed to interview with him at the office. But he has to return equipment to borrow lenses. Busy guy. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. uh, he's like, hey, I'm so sorry. But like, 
I didn't realize when I scheduled our interview that I, I need to return this equipment before it's like a day late. So before 6 p.m. So wait, did you interview in the car on the way yes. to Yes. I guess this is I, why he needs an assistant. <laughs> yes. But yeah, go, go on. So I interviewed with him in the car on the way to Barlands. And I got the job. And like, I didn't realize that I got the job until he's like, yeah, so you sound interested? I was like, I thought you were like interviewing me. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. He's like, so it sounds interesting to you? And I'll be like, e- yeah. He, he was like, hopeful that you would take the job. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It was just, it was weird. But um, I took the job and um, I had worked for him for like a little over two years. And then I started doing more of my own freelancing gigs on my own. But yeah. Okay. So what would somebody call you for a freelance job for? How do you like to bill yourself? Um, I usually, it's like a lot of different stuff. A lot of PA work usually um, just because I'm still like getting started and it's difficult because I I, like want to move up to like camera operator pretty much like to be a DP. But um, it's just difficult with the fact that I don't know how to operate like all different kinds of cameras so I'm just trying to like expose myself to different ones like I own my own camera um, my a7s but uh, it's a good camera yeah I so yeah it's, it's really nice I'm like and then I just shoot my own events and stuff like that and people are coming to me now for other things and uh, I've like worked up to getting to be like a production manager or, like ad like Chris has asked me to be production manager and ad on some of his things so it's cool because I'm, like, realizing now, like, where my worth is going as, right. like, when I get recommended. It's like, oh, these people don't want me just as a PA. They want me as a camera PA or they want me as a production manager because they know from someone else that I did production managing work for that, like, I can actually organize things. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to ask, is it, is it scary? Or t- take me through, like, if you're accepting jobs as a PA and then somebody calls you and says, hey, can you be an AD? What kind of runs through your mind there? Is it is it tough to say I'm going to stretch myself or are you ready to go with like I want I want whatever anybody's willing to give to me uh, that's difficult I guess it's like the, the, the scale of the project like okay. if someone would be like hey can you AD this feature film tomorrow <laughs> I'd be like I don't think anybody in their right mind saying yes to that. But How much? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is for free. It's a studio feature. I'm like, no, geez. I can only work for free. I can great only. you real. Yeah. <laughs> can only breathe so much air, you know? <laughs> like, like, you need to get paid eventually, right? Because um, that's uh, the freelance life, too, about getting yeah. paid. I guess um, to, to simplify my question, are you okay with going outside your comfort zone in what you do? Yeah, I guess sometimes I have, like, accepted jobs being like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And then I'll either learn on the spot, like, that's what they usually say, it's like, fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. And so I'll be like, oh, yeah, I totally knew that I was supposed to do that. <laughs> and then um, a lot of times I've just been fortunate to have people on set that are just super helpful. And they're like, oh, you know, like, maybe you could have done this instead. It's like, oh, yeah, like, i sorry, I didn't get enough hours of sleep sleep last night, I was making the call sheet, <laughs> emailing okay. some people, working on three other gigs these next weekends. So, yeah. so how long have you been a freelancer? I would say I've been freelancing for like three years, though, so I would say, like professionally, but I've been and, working on films. And the, the scale, I guess, the, the I asked, because uh, when I started freelancing, my, my scale of work was rocky at best. And for the first four or five years, fairly flatline, honestly. We, d- we didn't really do much. Uh, and then the next four-ish years was a little bit better, but still fairly flatline <laughs> plateaued. And then only in the last couple of years have I watched kind of a, a nice crescendo 
kind of curve up. What does that mean, though? When you say you're plateauing, is that in terms of we budget? Did, yeah, the, the amount of jobs we got, the amount of work we got. It okay. was very, very stagnant. And, that, partly, and how busy you are. How yeah, how busy you are. Okay. And so I would say in the three years that you've been working, how has that curve been for you? Because it sounds like you're busier than ever these days. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like just this year recently, like, ever since I've been, like, releasing more of my content and um, really reaching out to more people, uh, my name is getting known more now. So I do a lot of BTS photos for people, and they'll, okay. like, specifically ask, oh, hey, Erica, like, we know you're really good at taking behind-the-scenes photos. Can we ask you to be on our set? And so that's one of the cool things because now I get to operate my camera. People can see my work later and they'll be like, oh, my God, I love this photo. And then, like, at the end of every shoot, it's like, hey, everyone change their profile pictures on Facebook because <laughs> of photo. me. Like, oh. check it so, out. So what do you think has caused that? Obviously, word of mouth, but how has that, how has that happened for you? Um, I really feel like, like most, like I want to say 90% of my work is through recommendation. And so it's just from the fact that... Um, Ever since I um, kind of quit working for this guy that I was working as an assistant for pretty much, um, kind of an apprentice really, because he was like teaching me things that I needed to know about like working in the corporate world. And it was really, a really great experience. And that's how I was able to like lift myself off and know like what I needed in order to get, to get by. So it sounds like you're saying that there was essentially an apprentice or a mentorship. Um, you had a guide. Yeah. And that was in it. And, and from there, you know, you, you learn what you needed to know to get, you know, I guess to get the, or to, to develop the skills yeah. that people now are, are there in demand. Um, the people that call you, the people that, 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 that are constantly recommending you and going back and forth. Uh, how did that come about? How did you make that network? Um, I want to thank Facebook for <laughs> <laughs> letting me post photos and videos <laughs> and for okay. people tagging me. Because yeah. I'm, like, a lot of times I'll have friends that are starting to message me on Facebook because they're like, oh, Erica's active. Let me message Erica. I'm like, dude, I'm actually, like, messaging a client right now or, like, I'm booking a gig. Like, recently I was, like, using Facebook Messenger to to message the bride. Be like, hey, here's some clips of your okay. your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> So you're, you're an editor as well, right? Yeah, so I, I, I try not to be now. Like, I've really tried to delegate to push editing to someone else okay, now. Okay, I think that's smart. I spend so much time, at, like, on a computer, and I just don't want to be there anymore. So now <laughs> I'm just, like, I want to. I realize I want to move away from it. I can edit, like, and I feel like I'm, I'm decent at it, where I know, like, the basic skills. I can color correct a bit here and there. I know I can get by with editing, and mm -hmm. I'd always done it myself, like, oh, pretty much like forever, like even my own music video, like I edited, like I directed it and I edited it. Wait, were you playing music in it too? No. Oh, so okay. this is <laughs> <laughs> That's like your own music video here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's just that it's very difficult to find somebody that you can trust with your baby, right? Like if you've directed something, yeah, like yeah. a lot of times for school projects, I rarely would not be the editor because I was like one of the only students that actually knew how to edit. Right. But let me ask you this. Is it also partly because I've found um, I'm always a little reluctant to let people edit until I, re I either do one of two things. Either realize this isn't that important, like you know, the interview, you're doing yeah. a, a basic awards interview or something like this. It's not that, that big of a deal. It's just going to be the same video no matter who edits this. Or when I've planned and prepared enough that I can hand you a shot list uh, like we did with uh, Sarah actually mm -hmm. and say, yeah, just follow the shot list. And then we'll polish it from there. 
because as you're, if you're a competent editor, there's no way you can screw this up. You're going to yeah. pick the best take and cut to... So yeah, okay. and I, I want to say you know even though editing is probably one of those delicate things where it's like it's that's a tough thing. I think any job that you give to somebody else is like you want to have trust in that person. Yeah. Yeah, you know exactly. you want to be able to know that they're going to be able to do a good job. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's that's a hard thing to do. And I think that's part of why so much of freelancing comes from your network is because they know you yeah. and they trust you. And it's like if things aren't working out, they can call you and be like. What's going on? As yeah. opposed to having somebody that's remote or somebody that you don't really know, that you don't really feel like you can have that conversation yeah. with. Yeah. So one of those things that's weird, too, is, I guess, freelancing. I I went looking out of my network for editors because mm-hmm. I had hired a friend as an editor. And then I felt like the edits that I wanted to give them might have even offended them because, <laughs> like... You know, it's like their work too. They're making such the, be- the wrong choice. They're like they're they're doing the best that they can, right? And then for me, I'm like, oh, that's not what I would have done. But I, I had a, you know, I have trouble because it's like my first experience really giving someone else my video to edit. Like I realized that when I first gave them the job, I was like, this is the first time I've ever given someone my work to edit. Like I've always done it myself. And then this time I'm like, I have <coughs> too many other things I need to get done. And the more time I spend on a computer, I can't, like, go out and, like, get these gigs that I need to do or want to do. Or, like, recently I have been booking too many gigs where I can't edit these other videos that people are like, hey, so is that video done? I'm like, yeah, you know, well, not on that one. So. Learning to let go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's one of the big things as a freelancer that you definitely learn is, like, when when is it time for you to give the project to somebody else or when do you ask for help? And I think that's um, difficult too because of budget-wise sometimes mm-hmm. too because I'm like, I know I did this project for free and it's <laughs> like... Yeah, you can't ask the same as somebody else. So yeah, I'd be like, like, hey, you want to work on this project for free that I like offered these people? It's like at that point then you have to realize, okay, well, am I making enough money from some other gigs in order to pull across and because that person is technically saving you time is what I've also learned as a freelancer is that when you give the job to somebody else, you that money you're spending on them is actually saving you and making you more money, it, the, depending on how you look at it, right? Yeah. It's like and how it gets done. They're working in parallel. You know, yeah. So you're not spending your hours doing so. You can, you can be making out money while, <coughs> the, while they're working. While they're you. editing, yeah. Right. So that same day that I'm going to pay them, I'm out doing another gig that's going to mm. pay me, that's going to pay them. <laughs> Since since we're talking about budget and payment, I mean, how did you sort of figure out what to ask for your freelancing gigs? How did you you, you go about your day rate or your hourly rate? Uh, Usually people have like a a day rate that they usually say, hey, like, hey, um, we have this gig. It's like 200 for the day. Is that cool? And then I'll, like, either if I'm, like, dude, this is, like, a 14-hour day. You're making me drive, like, where? Like, <laughs> okay. um, but, like, uh, sometimes, depending on the gig, like, recently I was, like, on a feature. And, like, for me, I was, like, I don't care what the pay is. I'm just really excited to be a part of this, like, experience because I've only ever worked on one other feature before. And that was a really cool experience for the one day that I was on the set. <laughs> but, uh it was okay, like Steve so Jobs, actually. It was really cool. Mm, okay. Yeah, from Danny Boyle. He directed that one. So I met Fassbender, and he signed my call sheet. So that was cool. great freshman explore. The De Anza <laughs> experience gave that to me. Usually, so. like not to mention clients, but I think for a, a big Ooh, movie like that, that that's pretty cool. Yeah. Let that one slide Being there. my Let first feature film, like, <laughs> I was like, this, I was so stoked. I was like. Hey, I, I have yet to work on anybody's feature film, so. Oh, snap. 
Congrats to well, you. Chris, yeah. you got to listen to the first episode. Move to L.A. if you want to work on it. <laughs> yeah. right. 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 Oh, my gosh, yeah. No, by the time stuff like that came through, I'm already a little studio guy and little producer over yeah, here. Yeah, it's difficult. Th- there's nothing for me to do on that set. I did want to <laughs> ask, so have you, have you had a job where someone was reaching out like, Eric, I'd like you to shoot this thing or I'd like you to edit it, and they're asking you to come up with how much money yeah. it should cost? Yeah, because I, like, I have my own little... I shoot some events now, yeah. and so basically I've had to come up with budget, and that took me hours because before I would be dependent on someone else being the one that would make the budget for it, right? Like I would always be the one hired, so I wouldn't know. I'd be like, okay, right. like, you know, before when I charged friends for photo shoots, I was like, oh, like, I don't know, like 20 bucks. And, right. and so I'm like, wait a minute, my camera costs a bunch of money. Like, yeah. th- th- my time is worth more than $20 now. Like, yeah. um, I guess now I want to toss to you, Chris, since you have the most experience in the room here when it comes to that. I mean, I think I totally understand where Eric is coming from with, like, when you first start, you're, like, willing to do stuff for cheap. You're thinking, like, what would I charge myself? And you always estimate way too low. You end up going way over your budget or way, spending way too much time. <coughs> you can't hire somebody else because you ask for too much, too little money. Yeah. I mean, can you talk about there's, there's that? There's an inherent fear involved in asking somebody for money that they're going to say no. Yeah. And especially when you are reliant on yourself asking other people for money to make money. There's an inherent fear that you're not going to be able to afford your Mexican nacho cheese Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> Inside reference here. Inside we- reference. <laughs> we, we went to 7-Eleven right before this and, and bought some snacks, and we got Doritos that apparently are from Mexico. And in Mexico, dude. And uh, they do not taste the same. <laughs> no. They really don't. Um, Maybe you have a thing for Mexican Doritos, <laughs> and this is the only kind you love, but if you're, if you're used to the USA Doritos, yeah, they were not do it the same you. nacho. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> That's an aside. But that aside, uh, no, uh, it is, it's, like I said, there's an inherent fear. I, uh, I have been doing this for 10 plus years, whatever I, I've said before, um, and... I, I still dread it every single time and there's there's as I've mentioned in previous podcasts there's that there's the the two options there's the do you have an idea of what you're willing to spend and that's the best answer you can get from somebody is when somebody answers that with some with a number even a range and you're like oh thank god I know I I know where the upper limit is and even then some of the time you've learned I've learned over the years that's not necessarily true it could go either way. I've had people go, "Yeah, we are, our budget range is four to five thousand dollars," and what they really mean is twenty five hundred bucks. <laughs> I've had people say, "Yeah, our budget range is four to five thousand dollars," and what they really get pushed to is like eighty five or more. Um, I think I think you're onto something there, though, too, where it's like if it's it, as much as it's tough to ask for money, you have to remember your client is having a hard time, but you know, figuring yeah. out what what they can pay you, yes. right? And, that's and so exactly. if you can put the ball in their court by saying something as clever yeah. as how much are you willing to spend or how much do you have to spend, and try to get that answer before you say well, your number. Well, see, here's the thing, and here's here's the dilemma. There, most people. Not most. A lot of people, when you pose that question to them, what they were really trying to do, trying to get it out of you, was they don't know whether or not this is something they can afford, and they're trying to figure out whether or not they can by getting at least a ballpark from you to begin with. And you're probably scared, like, well, I don't want to give a number too high because then the job might go away. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why a lot of the times what I found is realistically, uh, realistically, roll that question back around, um, and it's it's learning to 
to control the conversation. These these are lessons you can take from like self help gurus and all that sort of stuff. Is learning to um, manipulate a negative sounding word, but learning to manipulate the conversation to get it to go where you need. Because you're not necessarily trying to manipulate them uh, per se into doing something that they don't want to do, but you're trying to to get the best product and quality for your client, yeah. the best result for your client. And realistically, there's a lot of factors involved. So you need to find out what their comfort level is uh, ahead of time. And sometimes, like I said, you get that, uh, we'd really like to spend four to $5,000 and you end up at 8,500 or 10,000 or 12,000 when you sit down and go over their realistic expectations. Right. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have a client who's just unrealistic and there's nothing to do about it. Yeah. But my, my advice on that is, is as best you can, and it takes time and effort and, and learning, but roll that question back to them. Where's your comfort level yeah. for me to bid at? Because I, if I know what your comfort level is, I can, I can write you a project budget mm-hmm. that involves all sorts of different things. We have at this point, especially in this Facebook world, we have access to all ranges of budget levels and all ranges of, of vendor uh, or freelance uh, 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 pay size. Um, is you know, I, I scale my pay for various clients. I go, I range from, sure. you know, yeah. low ends to high ends. And sometimes guys are like, hey, can you kick me a favor? And I look at the budget and I go, good God, this is a favor. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we all do that. But where's the comfort level? What's the project? You know, and, and, and the more you get into this, the more you'll How understand your own. Do you want to work on it? Do you want to work on it? Yeah. Is it going to be good for you in the long yeah. run? Could De- it be real material? Definitely. Like I've definitely... Growing as a freelancer, it's one of the things you realize. It's like, yeah, I used to have the fear of like, oh my god, but what if I'm, what if the number that I give them is too high, and now I've lost someone. But now you have to get over that fear. The yeah, fear exactly. of losing somebody is one of the biggest things that will actually cause you to lose people. Yeah. Um, if they if they're adamant, I guess if they're adamant that they have uh, that you give them a number first, you give them a range first, then for the most part, what I've learned is budget appropriately. I give them an appropriate range budget, and if they balk at that, oh, no, we're going to go look at somebody else, that's fine because you just gave them an appropriate estimate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. It's to know, like, I've been given by people I've been talking to, like other freelancers and people that own their own businesses, and I ask, how do you go about budgeting? And a lot of times some people are like, oh, I ask them, well, what's your budget? And then sometimes... You know, I like to try to work with people sometimes, too. It's like when it comes to a wedding, um, I've been working on a, I film a lot of weddings currently, and it's like I know that's a special day for someone, and I know that myself, like when I get married one day, like I want that video to be like the best ever, (laughs) but I also know that like it's expensive to get like a really good video, and so I usually ask, oh, so do you have a budget? And they'll be like, it's like X, and I'm like, okay, for X, I can give you this. But if no budget is given, then I go ahead now and I just give them, hey, this is what this is like my main package, and here are some upgrades, and yeah. then we go from there. I think that's smart, especially for stuff like weddings where they're not in the business and they maybe go into somebody like a videographer or a filmmaker for the first time. Yeah. And they have no idea what the industry rates are. No. So I think it's great to kind of have that packaged up. I, I just wanted to uh, go back to an experience I had recently where somebody asked me to edit a trailer for their short film i had they had heard about me because i had edited a trailer for another short film and when they reached out i said hey you know this is what i charged that person just as a ballpark so that they kind of had some understanding right and so then when i went to met with this per meet with this person we talked and I, i did the job i was like okay we didn't necessarily talk about how much we didn't budget that you know i just did the work and then at the end i was like Okay, I'm going to bill you two and a half hours at $50 an hour plus the cost of these licensing fees for whatever I'm working on. 
And she's like, okay, great. $50 sounds good. And I had to be like, okay. She's willing to pay 50 bucks, but I, 50 bucks isn't what I asked for. You know, I, I actually am asking for two and a half times 50, right? And so it's like a little bit of this like, all right, getting up the courage to ask for this thing. <laughs> and yeah, you're going to get it. You know, it's just like sometimes you actually have to work up to that that point where you feel comfortable enough to like, this is a valuable rate. This is this is an average rate. No one else is going to be able to do this for cheaper. In fact, this is, you know, yeah. very fair. Mm-hmm. And if I were to charge for free, A, they probably wouldn't value the work as much. Exactly. And and B, you know, like they, they might ask for too much. They might start coming back to me being asked for changes, and I don't have time for that. <laughs> You've got to remember that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to remember that for most people, once, especially once you're already doing work for them, A, the idea of going and finding a new vendor is actually extremely time-consuming and daunting. So they'll put up with a lot. But B, um, again, once they've been talking to you for a little while about the project, even if you haven't started it yet, again, the idea of going through this process with yet another vendor to come to a conclusion or come to an agreed-upon rate is actually a lot of extra work and a lot of extra time. So some people will give you the brush off and be like, oh, no, no, that's not what I'm, I'm that's, that's, this isn't worth that or whatever the case is, and they'll go on to somebody else. Most people at that point, when, you, when you're when you in that that, uh, that cringing phase and you're like, ah, do I, do I push back for more? Do it because it's very unlikely that they're going to say no. Right. They probably go through the same thing like, ah, uh, do I push back and say I don't, can't afford that? They don't yeah. want to be embarrassed. They're sitting there thinking, and especially if it's about an event or a project or whatever that you are a small piece of, now you're a small piece saying I need more money than your than the original whatever whatever it is or I need I, you know this cost this much and they're going how soon can I move on to the next piece of this project I have to work on saying yes makes me move on right now <laughs> saying no means I have to spend how much more time on yeah, negotiation so, yeah I think as a freelancer one thing too it's like every situation is different like even for um, I currently just asked a DJ who's a freelancer, like, hey, uh, how much do you charge for X amount of hours? I don't know anything about DJing. I know that they have to put together a playlist of songs. I know that they have some sort of equipment, but that's also, as you were saying, with people that come to a person that shoots a wedding. Like, you don't know other people's, everyone's freelance rates are very, and are very it different. It might seem simple on the surface, right? It's like, yeah. oh, what's it take to press play in your iPod, right? What's, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what's it take to press record in your camera, right? Yeah, and so the, uh, something that I had um, with someone, they're like, "Hey, so I want to shoot my wedding, um, five hundred dollars uh, for two video people for a twelve-hour day," and I was like, "Do you realize that you're asking?" And then I need to get an edit. Wait, what? Like five hundred dollars was like their budget for like the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, like, well, it, and then what was that two people twelve hours uh, a day? That's like seventeen dollars an hour in the Bay Area, which yeah. is just barely above minimum wage. Yeah. and that's not including the fact that they want an edit on top. Exactly, of this. and they want three videos. <laughs> they want one for the the yeah. getting ready, the ceremony, and the reception. I'm like, you realize five hundred dollars? I'm like, you can. A lot of times, one of the things that offends me definitely as freelancers, like, oh, but like my my neighbor said he'd do it for that much. I'm like, then get your neighbor to do <laughs> yeah. it. Like, you don't like right. you just offended. I'm sure, he me. wants his leg up and his into the industry doing wedding videos. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so. yeah, do you, do you ever try to scale back the expectations if somebody comes with you with five hundred dollars? It sounded like you're you're like. Okay, let me figure out what I can give you for five hundred. Yeah, I I was I went back and said, hey, like that's not that's gonna get you like I don't know I can't think of it right now like two or four hours of us attending. Yeah, one video or one something video like that. exactly, yeah. and so it's 
being like, hey, this is what I can give you. And if not, then um, yeah, good luck. She'll add some more cash for it. Or onto the road. Because on top of that, when you're like, you know, you might be in that desperate mode. And some people, I myself especially, have been there in the past where you just don't have a lot of money. And you're like, I really, but I need the $500. And yeah. it's difficult to make that decision for a lot of people uh, to say no to, to, to the 500 because 500 sounds like a lot. But when you really get done with that project, and I've been on a couple of those as oh, well, where you took that money and you went and three weeks or four months or whatever it is later, you're going, oh, my God, I'm still working on this project. Exactly. Yeah. That's Not to mention the opportunity cost time. that comes with that, yeah. right? So it's like if you say yes to a $500 job or whatever, the, the, the sure. money doesn't matter. Yeah, if, yeah. You take, if you take a job and it ends up taking longer than you expected, that's going to keep you from saying yes to other jobs. So it's mm-hmm. actually going to hurt you Ex- even further. Exactly. And that's one of the things I learned the hard way was like I said yes to like a like a job that wasn't paying as much. And then I realized like, man, I'm being paid like 10 cents an hour for like how much work I'm putting <laughs> yeah. into this. Yes. Like this is really bad because, you know, I've been working on it for a month and I would let them give me edits and it's just like this is Erica what are you doing like (laughs) like, fix this the next time so now I have contracts that I write out and like there's so many things that I've been learning freelancing like oh like I need to have people be signing these W-9s or so that I don't get in trouble with taxes you know like um, and I realized the expenses of like oh actually I'll also need to rent a camera for my second camera person because they don't own one or so I try to you know I try to work things out sometimes and I find friends that already own equipment and I'll be like okay I'll pay you like this much more than I would have paid someone who didn't have equipment because well, it's interesting you bring that up because there's also, for a lot of people, I think there's an argument that, oh, well, but can't you figure out a way to make this work within this tiny budget of ours by, you know, as you were pointing Becoming out, doing Pokemon? All, well, like, well, <laughs> do it, well, basically by doing all of this work and, and you're not thinking all of this work to find that kid that's coming out of college that will do it for 20 bucks, that intern that just wants the experience, the this and that and that. And you're going, and, and realistically, when you think about that, they're asking you to do an enormous amount of work, hours and hours and hours of billable hours, because all work uh, on the job is billable when you think about that, to then put together this ridiculous crew that can do this job for such a tiny amount of money. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm not a unicorn. <laughs> like, yeah, so either way, there's, 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 there's expense and work going into it. And I think, unfortunately, with a lot of freelance jobs, and this, this goes across many industries, including, you know, even I'm sure plumbers and electricians run into this. Oh, well, can't you just, isn't it just... I know how to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And the unrealistic expectation of, right, but you don't do this for a living. Mm-hmm. So you, all of the trappings of doing this for a living are not on your on your horizon and not in your purview. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Chris, while we're on that subject, I mean, if someone does offend you like that, right, where they, they're sort of oversimplifying your job and sort of trying to talk you down by saying, well, can't you just do this and sort of suggestions, what, what do you suggest you do? Uh, what sort of strategies do you employ to sort of... <laughs> talks to explain to somebody the value of your work I feel like at this point in my career a lot of of lot of what I end up doing is sighing heavily when somebody says something like that which for the most part elicits a response of yeah yeah okay because they just know what How that do you do means. That in an email, you just saw, uh, usually these, these, these wait, like, wait ten minutes. <laughs> well, no, usually yeah, hashtag dot, sigh. Dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> usually these uh, these are, are questions that end up uh, being in a phone call. Okay, um, a lot emails that, that say things like "Can't you just blah 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 blah?" I don't think I, I've gotten one of those in a long time. It's usually a phone call. 
Um, but even in email, but it's it's. While it's we're a, talking about it, if you do get a call, an email yeah. like that, maybe jump on the phone, right? Well, and that, I was gonna say, yeah. what, what you usually end up doing is that's when it becomes all right. I need to talk to this person. Yeah. Um, which is I think why most of that's not really through email with me. But even even so, um, prior to having the ability to just go, uh, <laughs> and just <laughs> literally just get the okay, never mind, I get it. <laughs> um, that that comes with ex- experience and authority, and I think a lot of what people hire me and my company mm-hmm. for these days is that. So they kind of have that expectation of if I'm gonna if 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 I you know if they ask a question that the is a stupid question, you, know, you get a lot of that from my yeah. clients. Is well, I know this might be a stupid question, but and they already preface with I know you're gonna say no. Um, but for those that don't, and I've definitely had a number of those. I've had ones. Uh, suggests it basically, I don't know, threatens quite the right word, but essentially threatened to like, well, you know, we're just, we can just take this internal and have our interns do it. And my response has been like, essentially a version of, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, well, fine, if, if that's what you'd like to do, I don't have to work on this project anymore. Fantastic. Yeah. Bill you to present and we're done. Yeah. Um, that could be a negotiating and that technique. That could be a negotiating right? technique. Yeah. And there can be people who go, oh, well, no, but but if you're not going to, you know, and that's where the contract yeah. comes into is, no, 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 you can take it over, but you owe us for whatever we've done and, and we don't, and we're going to wash our hands of it. Uh, but realistically, talking to them and explaining to them, what you're asking about is the education of the client. Is yeah. how do you explain to them that this is how this is how this works? Well, um, I don't do this for every client, but a lot of clients these days, uh, because one or two really forced me to do it in the past, uh, had me line item like everything on the project. Like uh, they wanted to know absolutely everything. So a lot of my uh, budgets have absolutely everything on there. And when I initially feel that a client might be that way, perhaps through our initial introduction or or discussions. I will give them a budget that has everything lined out. And, and, and a lot of times you get the, oh, can't we cut this out kind of a thing? The answer is simply no. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you also learn to reword some things so that they aren't obvious to a client to cut out. Like I've put pre-production budgets in there before and I had clients that we don't need this, this, this six hours of planning or six or three <laughs> hours of scripting or whatever. No, 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 no. Just bl-. And you're like, I, and then trying to explain to that person why you need to do your job the way you do your job exactly. is a nonsense conversation. So you don't, you you know, it's, it's the reason that closed pins got turned into C47. So they didn't yeah. have to argue with accountants anymore. Like, uh, why are we spending $6,000 on closed pins? This is, this is nonsense. You know, you're, you're an accountant. You don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but basically it's, 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 if it's not in the invoice itself or the estimate line item, then that, when that, co- when that question comes up, when that conversation starts or that email comes in, that's what you do. You line out, well, we need this because of this. I need this because of this. I need this because of this. I need this because of this. This does this, and we can't have this without this. You make it a long, complicated, this is my job, yeah. and that's why. Exactly. Help them understand that a lot of things rely on other yeah. things. Yeah. It's hard to cut out, you know, yeah. with an that. aspect of it without losing yeah, the whole thing. You just, you just handled, and that's annoying for a lot of us to have to do over and over because everyone else that you work with on your crew knows what your job is and knows why this costs this and why you have to do that and blah, blah, blah. And the only person who doesn't know is the damn client. Yeah, yeah. God, i got to explain it to every single one. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, like with the weddings ones, it's like, okay, the reason I can't do this for this much is because you're realizing, and I have to explain to them, um, bringing another camera person, I'm bringing at least $10,000 worth of equipment to your event currently. That's a big one right there. Yeah. 
And that depreciates over about two years and probably about 50 projects. And you start making those numbers and you start doing a little math for them. And it's, you know, you're the, oh, okay, well, if I I bring in a second guy, that's another guy for six hours. For the, you know, people, oh, what about half days? Well, I can't really do a half day because it's going to take some prep on our time. There's not another job that I can take that day. Uh, I'm giving you my whole day. And you may only see four hours of it, but I'm giving you my whole day. Yeah. Yeah, I recently had a friend tell me don't do don't do half day rates almost because it's not even it's not even worth it because what kind of gig are you gonna book the other half of the day? Yeah. Like I'm gonna book you from twelve to four PM. Okay. Yeah. Well, those are like peak hours for yeah. like So I'm gonna take a job from eight to ten and then another job from Five to seven. How is that going to work? No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. The o- only reason I take those jobs is because I'm like, okay, cool. I can catch up on whatever I'm trying to do. Or I can run oh, to exactly. the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that too. It's a friend. So, it's a regular client. Yeah. It's something like that. And on top of that, our, we have quote unquote half day rates, but they're like 75% of full day rates. Yeah. It's yeah, barely that's, that's a discount. Smart. And it's because, yeah. yeah, sure, I'll get in a couple extra hours today. Thanks. Yeah. But, you know, and then, again, those are those are rates that we, we avoid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, so one, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Erica, is through this conversation, it sounds like you have had this truncated version of, of mine, I think a lot of other people's experiences with freelancing. It sounds like in three years, you've had the experience of like 10 and you've learned <laughs> 90% of the lessons that we have tried to, uh, exact, you know, uh, tried to extol, um, in this, <laughs> uh, freelancing or never work alone, uh, podcast, um, how has it been so accelerated? How did you, or is that something that's normal at this point? You know, for us people who've been in the in the business a little longer. I I guess for me, I I do feel a little bit sometimes more advanced than some people that are currently like at my rate. I guess because now, I wouldn't have thought of hiring a twenty what three twenty two year 22, old twenty two yeah. year old project manager, but I yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess for me, I'm just. Uh, I don't know. This may seem bad. I get along a lot with people that are older than me um, just because in school I would even hang out with the teachers almost at lunch. Like that was like... There's a pragmatism to you. Yeah. So um, it's one of those things where... um, And a lot of times I get mistaken for older too. Like a lot of times people think I'm like 27. I wouldn't have thought you were 22 having Um, met you today. Yeah. (laughs) So now you know my age. (laughs) How old did you think I was? secret. Yeah. I would have said, yeah, probably 27, 28. That's, what, that's my age, so I would have said yeah. the same probably. So it's just, I guess it's the way I carry myself um, very much from my parents' side too. I think my parents have instilled very much a goal-oriented um, way. They're like, what do you want to do? What are you going to do to get there? And they're very much, my parents are so like encouraging and supportive of what I do, which is really awesome because I know a lot of friends who have, left the film industry because they're like people are telling them you're never going to get good in this like you're broke you're like this freelance thing is not going to work out for you and I know many friends that have just gone back and go do their they work at retail or they go sell cars and real estate like all different sorts of trades but um, for me I'm really just trying to learn as much from people that I can like you Chris actually I was going to tell you like the other day in a text I was going to be like hey I actually really enjoy working with you because this experience Aww. has been like really awesome <laughs> because it's uh, I'm blushing it, yeah <laughs> it's like that guy I worked for for two years like I actually was on another gig and I'm like my god the only reason I can do this gig is because of him and I was going to be like hey beautiful like you've 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 helped me grow so much as a person and like I've really I really try to learn as much as I can from every experience I try 
at the beginning, I did so much stuff for free because I really just wanted to absorb myself. What's going on in this industry? Who's working in it? Who can I learn from? I go to mixers too, you know, I'm going to try to do networking things. I've, you know, I've realized the pluses and cons to going to a networking thing and when to go and when you should not go. Yeah. <laughs> um, there'll always be that one that sneaks up on you that you walk into, God dang it. <laughs> yeah, it's always like no one here is working. Like everyone's yeah. <laughs> here to just chill. Like I know half of you and yeah. you're all already just doing your own stuff. And like were you wa- here waiting for a producer to be like, here's $5,000, shoot me something. It's like I feel like a lot of people should should – rename their meetups or their networking events social hour yeah pretty much but um (laughs) yeah i don't know i feel like i just i i'm just trying to be as proactive as possible i have a page too on facebook that i've created back even when i was like a business page for you uh kind of a i would say more of a no no so she's created a group actually on on facebook Facebook for like was it bay area women or something bay area female filmmakers and basically it's me realizing you know we have this whole thing now with like people of like poc and diversity yeah. and like i a lot of POC. times yeah I hate that acronym well you want people of color i can I, say it no no i just color. i don't know why there's just something that poc just sounds really i don't know I don't what know. you guys want me to use i'm trying to no, 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 i'm using the millennial term that's the pc term today poc i don't know i just i just meant it it makes me think of something totally unrelated to p to actual humans it's such a weird acronym for me yeah but it's just uh for me it's like i a lot of times am the only female on set and it's one of those things where so i don't want to go into it i'm not gonna no, no, it's too bad yeah oh <laughs> well we're talking more about freelancing here but um usually i am like besides the makeup artist i feel bad for her too because usually she's the only woman on set but she doesn't technically have to be on set the whole time i'm guessing that freelancing is traditionally has been a less pursued option for women maybe um, does that seem like the case? I mean, I don't know enough about the research on yeah, it, but I would imagine... Hard to say. Well, I would only imagine that simply because freelancing is such a, and we can all attest to this, is such a volatile, mm-hmm. uh, less stable environment to be in, and, and it's traditionally been harder to well, do that definitely. as a woman. I definitely... Um, uh, I don't... I wouldn't know the statistics on that per se, but I would say that I don't see as many women um, like me trying to put themselves out there on set to be in the positions that I, I guess I get like the, the crew roles that I get stuck mm-hmm. in. And, uh, I definitely, um, try to advertise myself as someone who can be on set. Um, uh, even ever since I was younger, like I always was told you can't do that because only boys do that. And that mm-hmm. always just like infuriated me. Like, no, I can yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a human. Like I have hands <laughs> and feet just like he does. Like, what do do? He's so special. I'm not sure you are quite suited to press the red record button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've I've had that where I've been in rooms where um, a lot of times I'll go on set and guys will offer to carry things for me. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. this one guy's like I feel bad that you're carrying that I'm like why you're paying me to carry yeah. this so I ended up carrying nothing because this guy was just like no let me just let me just take it because he just felt like he had to carry something for me oh. and then I was like dude Chivalry like chivalry superhero yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like thinking ah and I'm like dude you don't pick this up for me yeah, like it's I almost more I, insulting he's trying to do you a favor and it's like dude you're, yeah. You don't. You yeah, know? I'm like, what? Why are you paying me to be here then? You just stand and look pretty. Like that's not why I showed yeah. up. Like yeah. I don't wear makeup, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> like there's like very specific things I don't. And like you know, I, I try to make myself 
better to be on set. I know a lot of women who are very petite and they don't get chosen for that particular reason because they're not durable. For me, I lift. (laughs) They're not durable. No, seriously. I have a friend that I will not suggest to PA because she cannot pick up 50 pounds. She is like 90 pounds and she's so sweet and she's the greatest, but like she can't do the job and I know that. Fair enough. So, I mean, it, it's it's uh, as it a as a hundred and twenty four ish pound man, honestly, that is <laughs> and who is five foot four. It is actually very frustrating a lot of times to be of the strength to do something, but not of the body size. Yeah. Where I'm like, I can pick up that ninety pound thing, that hundred and forty pound thing, yeah. but it will pick me up while I do it. <laughs> unfortunately, so I can't help. Yeah. <laughs> and I can understand that 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 can be frustrating. Yeah. But you have to be practical about it. Uh, you know, we when we're when we're looking to hire a bunch of football players for a, for a scene, you're you're not going to pick me, and I'm not going <laughs> to go out for it because that's wasting everyone's time. Yeah. Um, however, uh, being small and set can have its advantages. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say you know maybe as a as a as a grip, not necessarily, but as a PA, absolutely, ninety pounds should not be limiting. Yeah. Well, um, I I do want to wrap it up. I know uh, you mentioned your Facebook page, and I just thought if you wanted to make any other sort of plugs or anything, you wanted somebody to check out. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's called Bay Area Female Filmmakers. And um, you should – one of the things I've been noticing is that people are clicking to add this page, but I can't see, like, where they're from. And I'm trying to just add people from Bay Area. I had added someone from France or something, (laughs) like, added themselves. And I was like, oh, cool. Some – oh. And then I realized, oh, I need to check more where these people are from because I feel like maybe that they're just taking this as another Facebook page. And um, Well, what, what are you trying to do with it? So, Well, for me, it's more of uh, trying to encourage, I guess, more females being on set. A lot of times it's, jo- it's a job posting page. Okay. Um, that's what I generally want it to be. I'm letting some things like networking things show up on there and like... I throw it, my screen on there. Yeah, you throw a screen on there. That. Yeah, no, but it's because it's like this is an opportunity. I'm trying to make it opportunities for women and just people in general. Like, Chris, you're on the page because I feel like you are supportive of women in film. And I feel like one of those things is just a lot of times when I make job postings, I'll post it there first. And then, like, maybe a day or two later, I'll post it on another job thing if I didn't get as many responses. But I'm really trying to just... I feel like I get a lot of responses specifically from that page when I I post stuff on Facebook, honestly, more so on average than other pages. Yeah. No, that's awesome because, like, for me, I'm I'm really just trying to get it so women feel like that they can be on set. A lot of times I know men will just – I'd feel bad, but men will just recommend men a lot of times <laughs> because, like, they know, hey, I was – no offense, Chris, I was on one of your sets where we realized I was the only chick yeah. on set yeah. that was, like <laughs> – like, uh, Not on purpose. It was just the – oh, I right. guess that's who we – The lady yeah. network that you live in. Exactly. Yeah, so just – yeah, trying to make it so that women can be on. Like, if you're looking to, like, diversify your set or really just make a job posting, it's I, I don't even feel like it needs to be... Gen- like, men can offer to be a part of the jobs as well that are posted on there. It's but another great place to source crew and talent. Exactly. And it's... Yeah, just so that you know that, like, hey, there's actually more than one female gaffer out there. So. All right. Yeah. I love it. Uh, that's Again, that's Bay Area Female Filmmakers. Bay Area Female Check Filmmakers. Check it out on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Erica, see. thank you so much for being on our show today. Thanks for having me. We'll have <laughs> it you was on awesome. again in a year or two, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Harry? How you've grown? 
Oh, but yeah. We're pulling you back from Hollywood and all that. <laughs> yeah, just be like, oh, I just finished my feature about Atlantis. So old, I'm a 24-year-old now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> getting grizzled. Right. <laughs> my voice is just shot. So Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.